You can't beat the sound of a contented cat. That's why veterinary surgeon and natural pet food pioneer John Burns developed Burns Pet Nutrition. Because he knows the positive impact a natural diet has on our beloved pets. And our premium cat food is designed to satisfy even the most finicky eaters. For natural, no nasty, wholesome recipes, choose Burns Pet Nutrition. Available from veterinary clinics and all good pet shops across Ireland. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We go to the polls on the 18th of May to elect a new batch of councillors. 11 councils, 462 seats up for grabs, 807 people are standing in the local elections. How are things shaping up for the parties? What tactics will they employ? And what are the issues that they have chosen to fight the election on? We'll be looking at nationalism, unionism, and those who don't describe themselves as either. To examine the issues, I'm joined by Peter Donaghy, a data analyst with a keen interest in politics, and by Lee Reynolds, who describes himself as a recovering politician. Peter, you're a data analyst and recently you've taken the very bold step of of, of having a go uh, with a lot of caveats at making an overall prediction. How do you see the parties so far in this campaign? Well, I guess with all the caveats and and I guess with with a health warning, if if you're ever considering uh, trying to predict a local election in that level of detail, I would strongly recommend it against it because it is a very, very effective way to antagonize as, as many people as possible. And I would definitely... Definitely warn against that. I mean, I think in terms of where we see uh, polling, um, we we can expect to see a continuation of the trends that we've seen in, in, in recent years, we, where we've seen Sinn Fein continue to make to make advances and um, sort of you know uh, get primarily sort of at the expense of the SDLP. The alliance vote sort of holding up uh, where it has been over the last few years, sort of you know, and the the, the DUP probably you know maintaining where they were uh, at the at the previous council elections having sort of you know more or less sort of seen off the set uh, from the TV and you know continuing to sort of like you know to kind of consolidate their their, their, sort of their position as, as the main party of unionism so I'd expect that there's probably going to be uh, if you if the current current polling is to believe and and the and, and the elections go the way you expect you would expect the DUP to kind of be more or less kind of where, where they were last time um, a number of unpredictable sort of matters as well. You know, we have the TV that are continuing to to pull reasonably well, but having the same problem that they had at the assembly election, where they're pulling well but not really enough to gain a seat, and they're essentially kind of you know providing a source of transfers that go straight back to the DUP without really kind of gaining much in the way of sort of seats themselves. Although you expect them to pick up a few um, unpredictable things like like Aon Two, who have been sort of you know sort of. Uh, polling sort of reasonably well and you might expect where they are to kind of pick up a, f- a couple of seats this time as well but you know it's very very difficult to see where that might happen so I think in in summary it's probably going to be a, a you would expect that it's going to be a poor result for the for the UP and the SDLP who have continued to kind of you know seen a decline in, the, in their share of the vote and um, 
you know, in recent years, as, as they sort of like, you know, as they sort of, you know, as they sort of seen their sort of support ebb away to to the to Sinn Fein and the and the DUP respectively, and you'd expect to see that sort of pattern that we've seen, where we see the, the DUP, Sinn Fein, and the Alliance continuing to consolidate their position as 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 the big three of local politics, and you know, with, with the other with the with the other parties sort of, you know, sort of here very very sort of much much further behind. Lee, is there anything you fundamentally disagree with there? I don't know. I, I would just make one uh, additional note, uh, and that is probably for the first time in about 20 years, you have the UUP entering an election with the same messaging as they had in the previous election. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if consistency delivers anything for them, because that's been one of their more historical issues, that every election hasn't gone well, they've then done a flip, and then they've done another flip, and another flip. Um, this election and the last election, their messaging is pretty consistent, which is a new one for them. Lee, the DUP, the polls seem to indicate something of a rally, support for Jeffrey Donaldson's stand on the on on the on the protocol. Um, as Peter said, there he expects the and others expect the DUP uh, vote and number of seats if to hold at least. Is yeah. is, is, is that what you see? Um, I think so. Yes. Um, There'll be some differential patterns. There's a few councils where the DUP is at the moment strong, but their local difficulties is probably the best way to describe it. Um, so that may have a consequence. Um, there is also just the usual of, you know, there's some churn in candidates. There's new younger and uh, candidates coming through that can have, a, you know, all these little things have an effect when you're going down to such a local level and all the rest of it. But yes, um, both sets of polls seem pretty consistent. Um, even though they're asking slightly different questions um, and slightly different samples and all the rest of it. I still don't think we have a polling company in Northern Ireland that quite gets Northern Ireland. Each of them have their weaknesses and flaws, so we are all working off data. But from what I have heard from people I've rang around the country in terms of doorstep responses, it seems to be in that territory. Do you think that essentially this this campaign is being fought by the DUP on the protocol, or I or I, am I um, misinterpreting that? Am I underestimating the, the DUP there? It's being fought on a range of things because it's you know local politics does come into it. People have just got their rates bill. They notice things like that. Um, you know they notice what they're getting in services. They notice what has been happening in their council as well. There there probably is a thing of that considering the sort of public frustration and anger at the moment that doesn't seem to be turning into a wave of people wanting to rush to the polls to change politics I don't I don't think anybody has rather picked up that sense uh, especially from the doors at the minute it's a bit of pretty much as you were with some movement around the edges um, you know within the margin of error of the polls I would say is probably where it's at um, now we still have well, I will start adding my caveats. We still have a fortnight to go. Um, it is incredibly noticeable in this campaign that suddenly for the NIO and for the Northern Ireland Civil Service, PERDA doesn't seem to apply. Uh, and someone who's been in government around elections or around government around elections, um, I find that very interesting. Peter, the TUV, uh, in your prediction, I, I noticed that you are predicting 
a, a huge jump really in terms of the TUV um, from six seats to possibly 18 seats. Now, there's always this buzz around the TUV uh, coming up to an election that they're going to make this a breakthrough eventually and, and they never really have. And there's always been this sort of energy, but then it sort of peters out. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the TUV are purely from a, a, a data and a forecasting perspective, they, they are uh, they are an absolute nightmare to deal with because, as you say, they they they, they tend to get this kind of like you know swell of, you know swell of support in the polls, and and it is real. I mean, we can see that you know certainly that they substantially increased their their, their share of the vote um, last time. However, they have that sort of that problem that I was alluding to earlier, where they 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 do well, they take some votes off the DUP, but not enough to get a seat themselves, and those end votes ended up going being transferred straight back. Um, and I think you know I got. Probably slightly burnt at the last assembly election when I when I thought the TV would make a little bit of a breakthrough and I think it would end up with four and of course they end up just with with the one seat that they have albeit that they were very very unlucky not to get that the second seat in Strangford uh, sort of a, a series of unfortunate events kind of like perfectly landed for the alliance which meant that they missed out there so it is very very difficult to 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 say I mean I think it, realistically in a in a proportional system you know especially when with the you know with the number of seats that have been elected. A party that's kind of pulling around, sort of, you know, seven, you know, seven percent or so, are, are going to pick up some seats. I mean, I think, you know, that they 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 lost a substantial number of seats between twenty fourteen and twenty nineteen. So to to gain a sort of, you know, to gain seats and it would bring them back up to select, like, you know, like sort of the mid to late teens would basically mean that they sort of were nine years ago, um, or sort of, you know, in terms of in terms of what happened then. So they're very very difficult to predict. I mean, I think. You would expect them to gain some seats somewhere, you know, given given, given that they are, you know, polling reasonably well. So, like, you know, sort of, you know, seven percent. I mean, they are only marginally at this point polling behind the SDLP in terms of in terms of their their support. So, you would expect them to pick up some some, some seats everywhere. Uh, sorry, some seats. How many and and where they're going to be though? It's it's very 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 hard to predict. And you know, it's one of those ones where inevitably it, it, it's you're looking at the data. It's very hard to say exactly where they're going to pick up seats, but I, I suspect it'd be astonishing if they, if they didn't sort of add to the total that they got in 2019, given where they are in the polls. Their big issue is transfers. Um, <clears throat> if they're not sitting very close to a quota on a first count, then they just sit there and don't go anywhere and others are able to take over and combine. You know, it, it just yeah. is the, the nature of it uh, for them. With this, with more candidates in the race, then there may be a bit more of a chance of maybe a second or third DUP goes out and then that for that they benefit from the DUP transfers um, but that's their core problem um, they're not transfer attractive and uh, that was historically the DUP's problem they solved it we then had the problem again uh, from RHI but it seems to be resolving itself again I just wonder in terms of the the transfers and the messaging from the TUV. I mean, they have these posters, people kind of mock them slightly saying he's behind you <laughs> and it's Jim Allister in the background all the time. So the the, the posters uh, do sort of reinforce this view of the one-man band, which does that influence the whole issue of transfers or is it irrelevantly? <clears throat> They are doing what the polls would tell them to do. Whenever your leader is polling amongst unionists four or five times more popular than your party is, you're going to be putting your leader front and center. Um, it's as simple as that. His polling numbers are pretty good. They're pretty robust uh, amongst a broader cross-section of unionism. Um, Jim Allister's role within unionism is 
I would describe it as for a lot of unionists, they just like having him around the place to keep unionism honest. They don't want his brand of unionism to be in control, but they want it just to keep the largest party feeling connected, grounded, and keen. Um, so, uh, and he is, you know, he is a very able, articulate politician. Why wouldn't you want him about the place? You know, so that's the, and that, but that's the TUV's dilemma of they've got this really powerful figure, but they can't transform that into anywhere near the scale of votes. I, th- I think the, 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 I mean, the, the issue with the, the, the TV being transferred unfriendly, I mean, that that's certainly true to a point, but I think this, this, they, they, they still haven't gotten an opportunity to have, to be in a position where the, they would get transfers. I mean, you know, at the assembly election, there the would have been, the, I think there was hardly any instances where the, where there was a DU where a DUP candidate was knocked out and then they had the opportunity then to transfer votes to, to, to the TUV. So I think yeah, in the situation where you have DUP, TV, DUP candidates getting just about over the quota and no more, there's very, very little surplus to be transferred to the, to, to the TUV. So I think, yeah, obviously they are, you know, the, I think the, the DUP and TUV would be, you'd expect them to be quite efficient at transferring to each other. It's just the way that the cards fall in terms of, you know, will there be an, enough of certain scenarios, you know, from a TUV perspective, will there be enough scenarios where a, a DUP candidate gets knocked out with a half a quota or something like that, with no other DUP candidates remaining, you know, with, with and the opportunity then to transfer to TUP. So I think the the there's obviously something to the the transfer unfriendly uh, sort of tag that they get. But I mean, I think it's just it it, it was just particular circumstances. The last election where there were very few opportunities where there were DUP transfer votes available to transfer to them. It's been suggested that Jeffrey Donaldson will be watching the UUP and TUV vote very carefully in terms of the decision that he will be making after these elections in terms of Stormont and the protocol and whether to go in or not to go in. Uh, would you say that's the case, Lee? To some degree, yes. But, you know, the strategic decisions are the strategic decisions, um, regardless of how the votes play out. Um, you know, the core choices are the core choices um, and they're not going to radically change. I mean, what you have essentially on offer is the UUP that'll say yes to anything. You'll have the TUV says no to everything, and the DUP that has to basically sit there and make sure it says yes to the right thing at the right time. Let's move to nationalism. I mean, we spoke about Jim Allister being front and centre of the TUV campaign. Michelle O'Neill is basically, it seems to me, judging by the posters running in a presidential campaign for the local election. Her, it's her face is up in a lot of towns and villages. Poll after poll says Sinn Féin are on top. We expect it to remain that way. It almost is, it seems like it's not a story. But you do have, in your prediction, Peter, Sinn Féin making significant improvements in terms of the number of seats. Yeah, I mean, I think that they did, but by sort of their modern standards, sort of I think reasonably poorly at the, at the last election in terms of kind of vote share of the votes and, and certainly the, the last election, you know, I think that they were back at twenty four percent, I think it was, um, in the in the local, local elections last time they were they were up around uh twenty nine percent um at the last year's assembly election. And I think it's it's certainly possible given sort of, given sort of recent polling that they could crack thirty percent uh, this time around. So I think there's a you know they they would expect to do very, very well. And there were and you know, I think there's sort of like the there's, there's certainly been if you look at you know polling and and the last year's assembly election, there's certainly been a, a movement from the SDLP to 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 Sinn Fein in terms of the share of the votes. So I, I think you would you would expect them to to certainly to to do well. The, the, the sign is certainly a number of areas where the, where they would be where they would sort of be 
thinking that they could make gains. Um, I mean, for, sort of in, in areas where it may be kind of like there was kind of like maybe a bit of more of an even an even slip in between SDLP and Sinn Féin the last time, you know, the, the Sinn Féin might be kind of eyeing up sort of SDLP seats there and, and potentially seats where there was kind of maybe one um, only in sort of, you know, predominantly unionist areas where there was maybe only one uh, nationalist councillor elected when I was in SDLP last time, they, they might be sort of thinking that they might be able to kind of pick those up as well. So I think they would they would certainly, given where they were at last, the last council elections and where they are now in terms of the share of the vote, I think they would be, yeah, I think they would be sort of um, certainly uh, eyeing up the opportunity to make a substantial number of gains. Part of a problem, I think, is, well, part of the reason is all the parties seem to have just basically dusted off their assembly election campaigns and just stuck local government on it. Um, you know, nobody seems to have put any radically deeper thought into the local government elections in the last assembly election. It's partially why this campaign's a bit dull, uh, because it is literally just a copy and paste campaign by everybody. Um, it worked, you know, the putting Michelle front and centre worked at the assembly, so they're going to try the same again. Same for the TV and Jim Allister, so they're going to try the same again. Let's not say it's dully. We're trying to make <laughs> we're, we're, we're we're trying to make a podcast. But, but anyway, well, having said that, having said that, the SDLP's decline has become expected. It almost seems something natural at this stage. Uh, almost not a story anymore. It's it's like it's like they just can't get the nose up. And Peter, you're you're predicting a real decline there in terms of SDLP seats. And look, let's caveat this once again. We're talking about predictions. We're talking about putting polls together. Uh, and we're looking at trends, etc. So this isn't set in stone, but uh, it does seem that there's a huge task ahead for Colm Eastwood. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I think you've sort of seen, there's a, there's a few things kind of going on here. I mean, I think if you look at the, the SDLB the last time, there was a number of seats, I mean, looking at Belfast in particular, I mean, there was a number of seats where they were barely on over half a quota uh, and then were sort of, you know, they, they were able to get it got over the line transfers that time. So, I mean, yeah, if you look at, say, the likes of, uh, you know, I think, yeah, sort of botanic where they were on sort of 62% of a quota um, and other ones where they they got a candidate elected with, with even less than that, and the the fact that you know Alliance have advanced since then, and so have Sinn Fein, mean that there's fewer opportunities for them to get transfers. You know, so I think that there's there's an issue where you know because the the Alliance Alliance and Sinn might have been a sort of a, a good source of, SD, of transfers for SDLP candidates needing needing to get transfers to get it over the line. That's not going to be available this time. I mean, I think there's a just been a kind of structural movement within nationalism as well, which we've sort of seen over you know a number of elections now, where the Sinn Féin, Sinn Féin vote is is advancing um, at SDLP the SDLP's expense. I mean, I think if you sort of like you know look at sort of like the, the traditional SDLP heartlands and sort of you know in Darien and South Down, you can sort of see where that has. You know that you can sort of see that that's had an effect. So I think it's it's you know it's certainly something that is observable. You know it's it's, it's happening now where the sort of like the nationalist vote is is beginning to to, to sort of essentially kind of you know consolidate and coalesce around Sinn Féin. What that means for the future, who knows? I mean, it's just you know you can only really sort of like look at you know, look at where you are and sort of like you know what the immediate future. But you know certainly that's something. Uh, unless there's a very very rapid and, and shocking turnaround or a, a major polling disaster. Um, you know, I think yeah, I think we would, ex- we would expect that you know the SDLP are probably you know certainly like look like they're going to you know lose a number of seats. Lee, as a as a former politician, as a as a former political strategist, at what stage in a political party do the membership 
and elected representatives say it's time for a change of leadership? To be fair to Colm, all these problems are much deeper than him. Um, he did also, to be fair to him, lead them to a partial rebound, but it goes to something much more systemic um, on a number of levels. Firstly, Sinn Féin have always wanted to destroy the SDLP. Um, they, you know, the, the personality of Sinn Féin is a duality. They're either trying to charm you or bully you. Uh, they don't like sharing. And they will now see the seeds of that they can get complete predominance of the nationalist community. If they get the election they want and expect in these local government elections, they can then immediately target the two uh, Westminster seats. Um, now, South Belfast, they would target it in a way that they're not going to win it, but they'd target it in such a way that the SDLP would lose it. And that would be them for the greater priority. The big problem for it's the UUP, for example, has found itself a rule. It's tried to develop a USP. It's went, we are the Liberal Unionist Party. That is what we are about. That is what we will, are offering you. The SDLP is still wandering around going about John Hume's legacy. The bad part, the, the core problem for the SDLP and John Hume's legacy is he didn't have a legacy for the SDLP. SDLP was the vehicle to get the Belfast Agreement. That was it. He really didn't care afterwards. You know, whatever happened, happened. He didn't care. So there was no John Hume legacy for the SDLP in terms of its political future. The core thing I see for them, now, what, when did they get a rebound? They got a rebound when a chunk of nationalism was fed up with Sinn Féin about no devolution. So they had a, call, a, a sort of caused rally round. Sinn Féin solved that problem. They went back into devolution. Okay, and now they're wandering around telling people how keen they are to get back into devolution. So they don't have that stick to beat them with anymore. And then you have attitude. And what could the SDLP's selling points be? One, um, that they are not tainted by a history of violence. And therefore they can be the more reasonable salesperson for abolishing Northern Ireland, for Northern Ireland joining with Ireland, leaving the United Kingdom. The nationalist electorate, by and large, and especially young people, don't care about the taint of violence anymore. The older ones do, but uh, the younger you get, you know, the polls showed that 70% backed Michelle's comments that IRA, um, the IRA violence was justified. So that, as a challenge by the SDLP to Sinn Féin, doesn't land with voters. Very sadly, that people are in that headspace, and it's a very dangerous headspace to be in, in a society like ours but people just seem to be shrugging their shoulders and accepting it. Uh, it. It's not healthy. So that is that the first one. The second thing is that they're going to develop this much more reasonable package of proposals to try and get a majority in a referendum. This is what is consistent in polling amongst Northern nationalists and Southern nationalists. Your average nationalist voter doesn't want to put a special package together. They just want it to happen, as is. Um, so two ways that the SDLP could be trying to differentiate themselves and sell themselves um, aren't available to them. So they have a genuine deep-seated problem. They then could try and rebrand themselves in terms of left-right politics. What they've tried to do is out-left them. Uh, that doesn't really work. Um, you know, they've sort of been partially inspired by people before profit. But this is they just can't find a space. There's then also just the practical... The, you know, Sinn Féin has a machine, the SDLP barely has a party.
Before I move on from nationalism, Peter, um, into relatively new party, um, I suppose fundamentally a breakaway from Sinn Féin, but then brought in a host of, 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 of independents and people from other parties. And fundamentally, they're an anti-abortion party. How do you think Ian 2 is going to do? Um, again, like a little bit like the TV, they're very, very hard to say. To say. Um, you know, they are sort of pulling and bumbling along, sort of like on, on, on single digits. Um, you, you would expect, I think, you know, they certainly could pick up a few seats. Um, certainly, I mean, I think you know, they certainly, and, and they could pull, pull, you know, pull a few surprises. It's one of those ones where you know, this is it's a, it's a local election. You can win by you know, if you get sort of five hundred votes, that you know, they certainly could pull a few surprises. It's it's very hard to say. I mean, I think I, I would expect them to gain at least one or two. It's 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 very very difficult to sort of see from from the from from the data and from the polling. It's it's not really like sort of like you know the DRP or Sinn Fein where you can sort of get a, a reasonably reasonably sensible mapping between like, the where they are in the polls and, and and how many how many states they'll win i think you know i, th- I it's it's more of a hunch i think they'll they'll, they'll, they'll probably pick up one or two that certainly there's this is this opportunities for them maybe even go beyond that but you know i think they will just it's one of those ones where we will we will just have to see the the interesting thing if you go back to university of liverpool's mega poll in the 2019 elections um abortion in the nationalist community is the dog that doesn't bark uh, and what was really interesting when you went through SDLP and Sinn Féin voters they were uncomfortable with the big shifts in abortion policy in both parties uh, sizable minorities and the majorities of their voters didn't like where their abortion policies now were but when you went to the number one issue to uh, affect votes abortion was 100 so while they were very unhappy and uncomfortable, it wasn't moving votes. Seen perhaps as something which simply you mightn't be comfortable with, you mightn't agree with, but perhaps simply inevitable and therefore no longer a political issue. Well, could well be, but it, it's you know the, it's one of those things because the DUB tried to target pro-life voters in the nationalist community as well. It didn't work, you know. So it is a case of it's it's one of those things of always be careful of just building a strategy on the answer to one question. Um, you know, it, it has to be deeper than that, and you have to go through all the sub data. And that is, you know, it, it's always it's you know what care what do people care enough about to shift votes? And the number of people that this actually shifts votes for is small. Now, it also adds to the problem of the SDLP because that means onto you know onto is nibbling in Northern Ireland more at SDLP voters in my mind than it is for that is amongst Sinn Féin voters. Let's move on to parties which don't designate as unionist or nationalist and uh, first among those of course is the alliance party the alliance party i suppose have had a number of good elections there's uh, there's a almost a pretty good hype around the alliance party uh now that may be to do with very friendly media coverage but they have made breakthroughs in perhaps the south of Northern Ireland and the west of Northern Ireland. There's also the Naomi Long factor, and she's consistently uh, a popular leader. And Peter, you you do think that the Alliance Party can make good on their on their electoral support to gain a significant number of more seats this time around? Yes, I mean, I think, I mean, I'd caveat that slightly. I mean, if you think about the 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 Alliance surge, if you will. You know, it, it sort of came in two parts. I mean, it sort of started with, with the last local election, but then 
the alliance support actually peaked at, when Naomi Long in the European election, which was later that the same year. And there's actually been a little bit of a decline since then. I mean, I think, you know, like, you know, the, the, sort of like the narrative of them maybe kind of like, you know, building up a, an unstoppable force is maybe just, a, you know, an artifact of the fact that we haven't had two, two elections of the same type since Naomi Long sort of did so well in the European elections in, in, in 2019. Um, so I think, you know, they will you expect them to do well because they always do well in transfers as 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 we can see although you know by virtue of the fact that you know that could potentially be a, a substantial pool of, of, of sdlp and, and maybe to a lesser extent uup uh sort of candidates that might get elected that might sort of you know provide them with a with a decent pool of, of sort of second preferences so i would expect them to to do well um albeit i i think you know there's maybe the kind of the the extent to which they are sort of like an, un- an unstoppable juggernaut in local politics is maybe slightly overdone. I think just by virtue of the fact that you know, uh, you know, I think whenever there is you know a- another Westminster election to compare with the previous Westminster election, and you know, but there hasn't really been much of an increase in support since then, it might be kind of more apparent the extent to which their their support is is basically kind of been broadly flat, and this hasn't really sort of like made the re- the real the real breakthrough into kind of like, you know, like maybe kind of, you know, getting towards kind of 20% of the both that would, you know, maybe, you know, provide, you know, like a, a real sort of like, you know, revolution change in local politics. So I think they will do well. Um, they will continue to do well in transfers. Um, but I think, you know, who knows what they're, what, what they're targeting or, or, or what they kind of think would success would look like. But, it, you know, it's, I certainly think they will, you know, solid but unspectacular gains compared to the last to the last election is, 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 where, is where I would see. Lee, do you see Alliance making a breakthrough anywhere? Um, I, I agree largely with Peter. The big shift has happened. Um, it's it'll be around the margins. Um, I don't think this is the bit a little bit of election is where you're going to see another big jump one way or the other. Um, and I don't get that. I haven't picked up that sense of mood. Um, now granted, I've been otherwise occupied over the last few weeks or months. Um, but I just don't pick up that sense, and I don't see anything in the polling telling me that either. Um. So, but there's there is a degree of alliances overhyped in the sense that the, the people that tend to like alliance tend to be middle class media types who like who live their life on Twitter, if you know what I mean. And uh, one thing you learn in politics is there's a lot more to life than Twitter, even if we are all, pretty much everybody in politics is pretty much addicted to it. Um, it's you know we do we do have to sit down and say that mantra every every night. Twitter is not real life. Twitter is not real life. Um, so there's so there's that. The interesting thing for me about the Alliance Party is it's medium to long term strategies. You know, where's the succession planning for after Naomi? There is also the balancing act that it does is going to become more difficult. What I find very interesting in the candidates who are now coming forward for the Alliance Party, I'm looking at them going, if the SDLP was electable, you would be in the SDLP. That's my sense of a lot of their candidates. So managing the Unionist, nationalist, and others within the Alliance Party, I think, is going to become more interesting. Um, and then managing that with the fact that all polling would seem to indicate that in a referendum, most of their voters are pro UK. Um, so they will have management issues as they go forward, um, and things to things to things to things to manage that they haven't quite had to deal with to the same extent or same level as previously. The Greens, uh, the equivalent of the Green Party in England did very well, I saw in the local elections there. I mean, we have problems around climate change, we have loss of habitat, we have a range of issues. You would expect the Greens to do well, 
Is there any signs of hope there? They did reasonably well the last time. Peter? I think I think the 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 Green Party in, in, in Great Britain and the Green Party locally are are fairly disconnected in terms of kind of the trends. I mean, I think that what you know the 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 big increase in support for the Green Party in the local elections, um, you know, sort of over in, in in England recently. I think there would have been like an element of just you know an opportunity to kick the Tories and a larger you know uh, sort of you know and 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 sort of nimbyism as well, where you know like you know like you know sort of opposition to kind of like this like you know to, to development. So I think you know the the I don't think there is this sort of like the same dynamics are in play. I mean I think, I think the, the Green Party are maybe. They've been, you know, obviously they, they lost their their two MLAs recently. I think the alliance have been sort of, you know, sort of kind of you know coalescing these like the the non-unionist, non-nationalist vote around them. Uh, you know, I think they've been sort of, you know, so we've seen that they've had a bit of a fall in support recently. I, I'd expect that, that that to be potentially kind of can, can you know continue. Although they they don't have that many councillors to lose, and I would be surprised if. There was a huge change there. I think they, they they might lose they might lose you know a couple, but I think you know they're, they're probably you know given the kind of like the looks like local popular support for some of the candidates. I, I think they, they they might go back slightly, but I, I don't think they're going to lose a huge amount. And and you know I don't think that were those kind of dynamics that saw such a good result for the Green Party in in, in England uh, recent, in the recent local elections. I, I can't sort of see that playing much of a a role in in, in the elections here. The Green Party in England have developed a hyper-localism. They'll literally go to a council area and just go one ward and pick that ward and hammer that ward and ignore the other 24. You know, it's all about getting the foothold for them and then building from that foothold, you know, and then they'll target another two. We'll never walk into a council area anymore and just run an all 25 and try and get as many votes as they want, you know, that they can. They don't do that strategy anymore. It's all about build, build, build. This is the Alliance Party's opportunity to try and kill off the Green Party um, and you know it's one of those interesting things of the the, the vitriol between the Alliance Parties and Greens is uh, almost as entertaining as, as the inter-unionist and internationalist spats at times uh, just the level it, the, the level it develops amongst activists um, but that that is the key thing for the, but the Green and, and this is where it's equally for the Greens if they've got a chance of any rebound after their losses at the assembly, they have to start building from local level again. You know, so it is just a battle of wills and battle of activism. Um, you would probably have to say that the money's more on the Alliance Party than the Greens um, in, in that battle. Um, part of it, I think, is their raison d'etre was delivered. You know, they were successful in getting a climate change bill uh, through. Uh, the assembly, you know, so their big thing, their big demand was delivered. And this is where you have to be careful if you're sort of more a movement than a political party. If one of your big things is delivered, then what do we need you for? You know, whole police just to make sure it's done. You know, it, it's it's one of those difficulties. Um, now, that said, it was not a good piece of legislation in the past and we've ended up passing something that we're not going to be able to fulfill or certainly not be able to pay for. But whenever the Whenever there's an assembly up and running, they can all have to wrestle with all those problems over the next 20 or 30 years. Well, that's that's an issue we can certainly return to. I just want to also speak about uh, people before profit, and it's a credit to them. They have a huge media profile uh, in relation to the number of elected representatives they have. Uh, they've built 
they've built quite a party from when you look at the elements which made up People Before Profit. For example, the Socialist Workers' Party. I remember the Socialist Workers' Party 20 years ago selling newspapers. Uh, it, it, was, it was hard to imagine they'd ever get anyone elected, but they did. I know they don't officially have a leader, but... Uh, if Jerry Carroll doesn't mind me describing him, he is quite a strong leader. Um, and we have full-on Toryism, uh, we have full-on neoliberalism, and we have a cost-of-living crisis. If they can't make it now, when can they make it? Their issue was very specific. What they built upon, in my mind, was <clears throat> youthful generations, particularly in hardcore Republican areas, we're looking for an alternative to Sinn Féin. And they were in the right place at the right time. And that's why they manifested themselves primarily in West Belfast, North Belfast, and up in uh, London there. So there was enough of a thing for them to build upon from that younger generation. Um, they were also able to officially or unofficially benefit from the more dissident Republican candidates who ran and weren't able to get enough to get elected. But they would want to transfer to them before they'd want to go back to Sinn Féin. So that was what was built upon. They've hit rockier times. Um, if the boundary changes go through, Jerry Carroll is in significant trouble in West Belfast in terms of holding, if, if their votes stay at the present levels, that seats under serious threat. I would probably think with the decline of the SDLP looking likely, and particularly in foil, that their chances of foil probably increase again um, as people look for the non Sinn Féin alternative up there. Um, but they're, you know, can they return the councillors they have? Yes, they absolutely should be able to return the councillors they have. Old Park is interesting. Old Park is one of those potential utter and complete statistical messes. Um, with the loss of the SDLP candidate, uh, SDLP councillor going independent, I would be very surprised if it isn't a very long cart in Old Park to work out who's going to get the last seat. Um, and the people before profit may be the loser in that. It's one of those ones. You've got a long list of who could win the last seat in Old Park. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you can get odds from the boogies and get it right, good luck to you. Um, uh, because you would probably make a good profit. Well, Peter, well, is that about you'll be taking? Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I don't know if getting in, getting into betting on local politics would be a sort of particularly uh, lucrative enterprise. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with all that. I mean, they're, yeah, I think they the, the it, it's just one of those ones where you know it's it's a local election. It, it can come down to the kind of very 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 you know small margins. Uh, I I'd be, you know, there's I, I I don't foresee much change there with with with, with their, you know they have some sort of well established um well established councillors. I there's nothing in the polling to suggest that they're about to make a big leap, to to make a, a big leap and start making you know substantial amount of gains elsewhere. I th I think it's probably going to be more or less sort of you know around around where they were last time. Gentlemen, is there anything we haven't talked about that we should have talked about? Is there any big story out there that you think might break during this campaign or after this election? I think, I mean, it's it's not really a, uh, it's it's maybe more of a sort of um, a statistical thing than a, than, a, than a politics thing, but I'm, I'm really, 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 really fascinated by the sort of the whole donkey voting phenomenon where candidates with, with surnames that start with lower in the alphabet tend to do better invariably than candidates who start with certain surnames um, letter in the alphabet. I think Lee, that's something you'd probably be, you know... Would, yeah, uh, someone who has suffered from that, yes, Peter, yes, go, Peter. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, um, I think, 
you know, I think my, my pet policy would be that I would randomize the the, the, this really, the, the the order of the ballot papers to sort of like, you know, try and eliminate that. Although my surname starts with D, so it's maybe that sort of like level of naivety, which means that I wouldn't be very good in politics in the first place. But I think, um, you know, we can sort of see, yeah, I mean, where, where there was two, where, where, can, where, where parties have two candidates on, on, on the ballot, I think uh, last time around that the first the, the first party, I think it was around 84%, the, the, the first alphabetically got elected, and then the second alphabetically elected, um, or it was elected less than half the time. Um, so I'm, I'm always very, very, I mean, if you look at sort of, I mean, I've sort of seen, um, the, you know, sort of, kind of this where, where Sinn Féin are, are running a large number of candidates, for example, um, that there's like their, their, you know, second, third, fourth, etc. always goes in reverse alphabetical order from the, the candidate last on the ballot paper to the candidate first. So I think I'll be I'll be really really interested to see. Um, you know, it, it's, it's such a, a a noticeable thing last last time when where, where you had such a huge advantage if if you had a if you if your surname was was lower in the alphabet and appeared higher on the ballot paper. I'd, I'd be very interested to see if the, if the parties have got any 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 cleverer at trying to kind of mitigate that uh, when it kind of comes to kind of comes to sort of like evening that up and balancing the ticket out. There's also the role in this of voter databases. And the two parties which have the best voter databases are Sinn Féin and Alliance. And the rest of the parties are still stuck in some 1970s, 1980s model, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, Alliance Party have basically learned from the Lib Dems. Um, the Sinn Féin have learned from various other parties, but it's all about the database. Um, and that's one of the ways you can partially overcome this. Um, and if you're not doing that, if you're not doing those things, then you will suffer exactly what Peter described. You can try and balance it in your vote management plans, but you know when you're dealing with so many ballot boxes and different profiles, you know it was interesting whenever it came to voter management. In my experience, middle class areas would have a seventy to eighty percent success rate for voter management. Working class communities would be more fifty to sixty percent within unionism. That is in terms of voter management. Um, and then, you know, so that was the sort of variables um, and all the rest of it. And there can also be the issue as well of an established candidate versus a new candidate name recognition. Um, and in the great debates internally about who gets which polling stations, all of these are argued out and raised up. And this one's more important than that one and all the rest of it. But um, uh, that, that's, all the, that's all the arguments that people don't get to see. Lee Reynolds. Peter Donaghy, thank you very much. You can't beat the sound of a contented cat. That's why veterinary surgeon and natural pet food pioneer John Burns developed Burns Pet Nutrition. Because he knows the positive impact a natural diet has on our beloved pets. And our premium cat food is designed to satisfy even the most finicky eaters. For natural, no nasty, wholesome recipes, choose Burns Pet Nutrition. Available from veterinary clinics and all good pet shops across Ireland.